InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Invest Talk. It is already October 22nd, 2018, and I'm Justin Klein, and I welcome you to our weekday financial program that is geared to help you grow and protect your assets, your investments. And our focus on this program today is always going to be you and your investments and your financial picture and your continuing education on how to become better than average. Separate yourself from what the average person does. What the average person, uh, the decisions the average person makes, you know, using their emotions. And I have an announcement in that regard. Steve and I have set a date for our next webinar. It is coming up fast, October 30th. Now that is a Tuesday night, so a week from tomorrow. Our wealth webinar is a one-hour online educational event. It will cost. It will cover various topics from economics to stock picking. And the webinar is free, but you must pre-register so we can send you a special access link. You can register right now on investtalk.com. Well, we are well into earnings season, and the market opened. Up briefly this morning, the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P were up in the early going. We had a sell-off late in the day. Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, and Microsoft all opened up. Netflix started off a bit lower, but within the first 10 minutes or so, it, it evaporated. Right, the, That rally ended rather quickly, and we ended with a, a fairly mixed market, uh, to be honest with you. It, it wasn't... The NASDAQ was up a little bit. The SP was down about a little less than half a basis point. The Dow was down, uh, not basis point, half a percent. Uh, the Dow was down about half percent, 126 points. And the Russell 2000 down the most, 1.2%. So it shows you small caps continue to struggle in an environment of rising rates. Uh, and you know growth stocks just frankly overall not doing uh, nearly as well as value stocks. And I've warned many times about October volatility. There's multiple things going into this sell-off. One is the blackout period for earnings season where companies can't buy back their shares until two days after they announce earnings. Another is rising rates. Other is uh, trade changes and trade ramifications of our trade policy changes. And third is we're going into a slowdown of the economy in the next year. On a recession, at least not early in the year, but the economy is certainly slowing for various reasons. Now, heads up, coming Friday, we'll get the next economic report. How will tariffs affect the growth rate we saw in this third quarter? 
and what we're going to see in the fourth quarter. We're very unlikely to get 4% uh, GDP in the fourth quarter, like we saw in the se second and third quarter. Actually, I think it'll probably be more like a two-handle. Now, we're only 15 days away from the midterm elections as well, so how will that affect the market? What happens if the elections split the House, going to Democrats, and the Senate staying under control of Republicans, which is probably the likely outcome? Now, as you can tell, there is plenty of market news to talk about, and I invite you to be part of the conversation by calling our anytime listener line with your questions at 888 chart Now, we'd like to, uh, would you like a list of low-risk investments with modest returns? I've got such a list. I'll explain here in a few minutes. Now, before I get to that, let's make time for a caller question. You know our number, 888 chart Yes, this is Tom in Kentucky. I was wondering about Olin Corporation. It's O-L-N to the 52-week low, and I was just wondering if this was a good time to buy or if you thought there was a more appropriate price. Thank you. Well, uh, any stock that's at or near its 52-week low probably is likely headed lower. Uh, so the big question is, where is this going? Now, it's a specialty chemical company. They manufacture alkali and small caliber ammunition products. Okay, interesting. They're uh, quite diverse, it seems like. Let me go to uh, Y charts and really dig into this a little bit more because this is a name that is down about 44% from its 52-week high. It's now at 2170. It traded uh, in the mid-30s just uh, last March, April time frame. So it's down significantly from there, and that's a, that's a big issue. Uh, yields 3.7%. Revenues are still growing 13% year over year. Earnings are supposed to be up 203% this year versus last year. Okay, And earnings are supposed to grow another 32% next year. So the big question is, why is the stock declining so much? Okay, they chloral al alkali products. Interesting. They, they own Winchester guns. I need to know a little bit more about this business. I just don't like this trend that we're seeing in the market, uh, or at least in this particular stock. I would have to do deep a deeper dive into what this uh, exact business is. Are they in the battery business? Is that what they're supplying mainly? Uh, and, and where the major support is. But overall, just the, the, the trend of the stock tells me that this is headed lower. So I would continue to stay away from OLN, which is Olin Corporation. Thanks for the call. 888 chart 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now, who wouldn't want a list of low-risk investments with at least modest returns? And we found this story on bankrate.com. And time is limited in this segment, but I'll try to go through it quick. And here are nine low-risk investments with modest returns, especially with interest rates rising. Savings accounts, savings bonds, CDs, money market funds, T-bills, uh, treasury notes, corporate bonds, dividend-paying stocks, preferred stocks, and annuities. And let's go over why 
some of these might be good for you. Well, savings account, that's should be yielding around 2%. I know a lot of the banks are still not paying 2% on their savings accounts. If you're not, you need to be looking for a new bank if you have a substantial money in your savings account. Okay. The great thing about it is that it's FDIC insured and it's liquid. Number two, savings bonds. Well, they aren't investments, strictly speaking, but they're savings instruments and they're obviously safe, but you still have money. You'll lock up that money. So that's the biggest issue with that is lockup period. Number three, CDs. CDs, FDIC insured typically, much better yields. The biggest thing you have to real wonder is what happens if you want to take that money out? What is the penalty? Many times it's just giving up the interest that you've already earned on the CD. So understand what that is. So uh, you want to know how much, how long you're, you're, you're willing to lock up that particular uh, amount of money. Number four, money market funds. I like these the most because they're, they're a little bit higher yielding, still very safe and very liquid. I love that. Then you get into, you know, your more risky stocks, dividend paying stocks. Any stock, any equity is going to be high risk. So I wouldn't even call this, Bankrate.com calling it moderate risk. I wouldn't call that uh, at all. Dividend paying stocks are definitely going to be on the higher risk spectrum of what you can invest your money in to get a yield. Okay. Now there's various levels, uh, small caps versus large cap, tech versus, you know, maybe uh, consumer staples, utilities, etc. So understand that not all stocks are created equal, but any stock is going to be on the above average risk spectrum. Preferred stock. Now this is maybe more moderate risk. I think this is probably a way that some people could go. Now the, my biggest issue is that it's concentrated in the financial sector. It's hard to find a lot of preferred shares outside of the financial sector, but if you can find a preferred share within a consumer staple sector, that might be a nice, relatively safe way to get excess returns. Now, obviously, there are many ways you can plan your investment strategy, many tools and many instruments. And when you get to the point that you realize you're ready for professional help, professional guidance, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve at KP Financial in our Dana Point, California office, or you can do a portfolio review online. Just go to investtalk.com and request an appointment. Now, this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and I'll be taking, I will be talking about our exciting new offering, Invest Talk Academy, a bit later in the program. So tell your friends to listen up as well. They will, want, they will really want to learn about the new Invest Talk Academy. We're very excited about it. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. In particular, you should consider balanced income. It gives investors an ideal blend of growth and interest. The phone lines are open. Justin's here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Just calling to check, get your opinion on uh, Dollar Tree, symbol DLTR. Just looking for stocks that are, pre- are going to do decently in a recession, and this one... Uh, looks like 
it would do pretty well. Anyways, yeah, love your show, and I'd like to get your guys' opinion. Thanks. All right, he's looking at Dollar Tree, and they operate 14,000-plus discount variety stores in 48 states in Canada. And they it's a dollar store, right? And they don't have a yield, no dividend. Earnings are up 13%, uh, supposed to be up 13% in 2019, and 10% again in 2020, although those estimates have been downgraded some. Revenues are up 5% year over year, and... That's a slowdown from a couple quarters ago. Earnings are only up 16% year over year. Once again, a slowdown from uh, where it was 40% year over year just a few quarters ago. And so that's that's decelerating. One thing you have to understand about dollar stores is they have a lot of inverse correlation to oil prices. So when oil prices go up, Dollar Tree stores don't do as well and vice versa. Why? Because People who shop at dollar stores typically are lower income people. And when gas prices are high, they have less disposable income to go spend at a place like Dollar Tree or dollar stores. So understand that. And that's uh, if oil continues to go higher, that could be a big issue for Dollar Tree and other dollar stores. Now, enterprise value to EBITDA is about nine, certainly not expensive uh, from, from that uh, standpoint. Their return on assets is about 10.78%. Pretty good. I like that. It's, let's see, it's free cash flow, $167 million. Not Certainly not high in relation to you know where uh, their market cap is, where the enterprise value is. So from a valuation standpoint, I would say it's modestly undervalued. Now it's pulled back about 28% from its 52-week high into a lot of support here around the $80 level. So as long as oil prices don't break out, I think this is a, a decent time to be picking up a, 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 store, a company like Dollar Tree. But I would put a stop on this recent low in the price. Uh, what's that, run around 70, $78 or so, something like that. If it closes below that on a weekly basis, I think this is probably headed back into the low 60s, and that would worry me, and probably has to do with a breakout in oil prices. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and if you live anywhere anywhere in the Bay Area of Northern California, I have a special date for you. November 7th, Steve will be returning to San Jose to conduct no-cost personalized portfolio reviews. So tell your friends and then register at investtalk.com. We're taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk listeners call each week asking Steve or Justin to name the software tools they use for data research and filtering. Ready? Why charts? And if you go to YCharts.com, you can get a free trial. Even better, mention InvestTalk when you purchase, and you'll get a significant discount. But now, if you got a question for Justin, he's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Now today's main talking point is navigating the world of Medicare. It can be confusing, but making the right choice can save 
you a lot of money and improve your chances to live out your life financially free. So we're going to talk about three tips to make the most of Medicare open enrollment. We'll look into that and then I have some other ones to discuss as well. Home sales. Existing home sales were out today and they were not very good. Or Actually, it was on Friday. But they were not very good for the month of September. And we're going to talk about why and what that means for the housing market. Especially in higher priced areas. We're going to touch on that. We're also going to talk about Trump's tariffs and its effects on Ford. And I think this is a good topic to discuss in relation to what's happening with global trade and especially China. And then lastly, small caps and value stocks, they tend to outperform long term. But I'm going to give you some stats on what are the odds in one particular year or time period, let's say that, that they will outperform the general market. Okay, So we're going to talk about that as well if we have time. So let's look at the market today quickly. Once again, very mixed. I continue to say we are in a correction phase that could could turn into a bear market. Now, if, uh, a bear market would a lot a lot would have to happen. Let's say that, but the economy is certainly slowing, like I've said. So expect choppiness. Expect flat to down days like this. Expect uh, some of the best rallies are actually during bear markets. So one, two days moves to the upside are not without question. But it's all about do they close above certain resistance levels, and that is always going to be key. Uh, and for our new Invest Talk Academy subscribers, you're going to get weekly analysis on what those levels will be. Let's go to Matthew in Kansas. He wants to talk about Pfizer. Hey, Justin, how are you? I'm good. You want to look? You want to talk about Pfizer? Yeah, I've actually bought that about oh, not quite a month ago. I put on a third of position. I'm already up twenty percent on it, so I'm kind of stuck whether to hold on to my other two thirds position and see if the market keeps correcting for me. It's not coming down much with it, or do I just fully put on another third than my last third later? Uh, well. I do think the stock is a little bit over uh, overbought at this point. Uh, I do like the area of healthcare. However, this would be my worry because of pharma. You're having an election, and it's likely that the Democrats are going to regain the House. Not the Senate, but the House. Okay, And they're going to push for things that uh, I, I think the Republicans can get on board with. And one of those is changing the way our prescription drug system works in America and the pricing of it. And I could easily see that hurting companies like Pfizer uh, and especially pharma, or not pharma, uh, biotech companies, even though Pfizer is not a biotech, it's a pharma company and one of the largest in the world. Now you're up 20% and you say you've taken off a third? No, I've only put a third position on. I didn't put on Ooh. much of a position when I bought it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would 
continue to have this on your watch list. Now, if you stick if this dips back below 40, then I would start thinking about you know adding that second third. But here at 44, I think uh, it's a little extended, and the recent moves in the chart are actually telling me as well that we're probably going to get some uh, downside at least in the the near term. So I would hold off for now. A dip starts dipping below 40. Maybe you start putting on that second third. And the dividend's still pretty secure, correct? Let me take a look. Three percent. Um, yeah, it looks it looks secure. Uh, let me try to go back. Uh, I want to backtrack a little bit here uh, on Y charts and give you. The cash dividend payout ratio, yeah, it's 51%. Its payout ratio is 34%. It, it looks fairly secure. Now, once again, going back to what the Congress does, that could change things uh, with drug pricing. But I think for at least the time being, they're pretty secure. And they don't have a ton of debt, which I like as well. So I like Pfizer. Uh, I, I would like it on a pullback below 44. Sorry, for, for, below 40. Thanks for the call, Matthew. Now, tomorrow on Invest Talk. Before you spend what could be as much as a third of your income on a house, make sure you are spending dollars wisely. We're going to talk about 10 questions to ask before, ask yourself before you buy or even sell your property. That's our story tomorrow. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. That's 888-992-4278. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts. This is Invest Talk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no cost and no obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. 
And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. go to Jonathan in the Bay Area. He wants to talk about TRXC Transcentrics. Yes. Yes. Okay. Just gotten crushed and, recently with the uh, market uh, heading down and just wondered if there's more downside on this one or what you see in the charts. Yeah, I think there's definitely more downside from the chart as well as uh, just the type of stocks that are going to do well in this environment uh, over the next couple quarters. It's not going to be names like Transcentrics, which uh, they develop assisted surgical systems using minimally invasive surgeries. So I'm assuming they're trying to be like the next intuitive surgical, correct? Uh, yeah, they have, uh, they're the second company to get uh, FDA approval, their robots. Got it. Okay. Uh, they haven't been able to turn that approval into much uh, earnings, even though earnings losses are uh, decelerating, right? They got from they were they lost 93 cents a share in 2017. They're only supposed to lose 25 cents a share this year. Earnings are up 300 percent year over year. Uh, let's look at. Let me look at some. I, I like the idea. I like uh, the fact that um, this is an area that has been proven to work intuitive surgical and you're saying it's the second company to get FDA approval is it on one particular type of surgery um not one particular type but the few types that it did get approval for um there's quite a big market for um and I know are, is, are they competing directly well. with intuitive surgical say that again are they directly competing with intuitive surgical for their types of surgeries that they're approved for? No, not really. They are not. Okay. Okay, that's good. I like that. Uh, the, this is a company that, that would interest me. Uh, even though they are burning money, the fact that now they're, they're burning less money uh, and they look like they have a path to profitability, uh, I like that. Now, technically... It definitely looks poor. It's down about 40% from its uh, high. So, yeah, it was around mm -hmm. 7. Now it's around 4. Uh, I could see this getting into the 250 range. There's going to be some support around 350. So those are my, my couple levels that uh, I would have to dig in a little deeper, take a little more time to analyze this. Uh, but I like it overall from that standpoint. So you need to have a, a longer-term uh, perspective because I like where they're at. I like the fact that they are the second company to be approved, that they don't compete directly with Intuitive Surgical, and they're losing a lot less money, and they have minimal debt, so they have a little bit more time to work through this negative cash flow time period and into profitability. And so I like what you're looking at, but you're going to need to be able to either withstand a little bit more downside from here, uh, or... You know, you get out and you try to buy around the 250 level. Gotcha. Thanks for the insights. Appreciate it. No problem, Jonathan. Thanks for calling. That was Transcentrics. T-R-X-C is the symbol. I like it. Overall, long term. 
Now today's main talking point, navigating the world of Medicare and Medicaid, open enrollment, or Medicare really. Now traditional Medicare is broken down into, two, into various parts, right? There's part A, which you don't have to pay for, it's free for most enrollees. Part B and part D cover things like diagnostics, prescriptions, uh, they charge uh, participants uh, a premium, however, for those services. Okay, now if you're buying a Part B, you don't get a lot of choice in your coverage, right? Same with Part A. But Part D, you get a little more choice, and you pay up for that choice, however. Now, let's first take a look at, first thing you have to do is take a look at your prescription needs and see if they've changed over the past year and see how they're covered under the various Part D plans that are available and weigh that against the premium it wants to charge you. So it's certainly an endeavor. Uh, it's certainly something that you need to sit down and really think about uh, and even talk to your doctor about because they'll be able to uh, maybe adjust your prescriptions to cover uh, your to have your Part D or Part B plan cover whatever you're paying for or whatever you're getting, right, when it comes to your prescriptions. So those are very, very important. Next, consider a Medicare Advantage plan. Well, what does Advantage do? Well, it often costs less while offering a wider range of services. So that's, that's a, the good thing. Because original Medicare doesn't cover things like dental care, vision, hearing. But you'll get those coverages often with Medicare Advantage. Another benefit is that Medicare Advantage offers overseas coverage. So if you're traveling a lot, that could be a big thing. However, the flip side is that if you have an Advantage plan, you might be more limited to a smaller group of providers or medical facilities. And that is maybe a drawback for you. So you have to look at that as well. Then lastly, get some help. Uh, I actually have a good friend, a client uh, at KPP, who is a Medicare um, agent. So uh, he's, he's pretty good. Uh, and so if you ever need his contact, I can always help you as well or, or connect you because uh, getting the right one can be very, very important. So just a heads up on that. And I know you, maybe you're not thinking about it now because maybe you're not uh, in that stage but you're eventually going to be, and I don't think that's going away. It's a fun, unfunded liability of a government that they're probably not going to get rid of. Why? Because who votes? Older people tend to vote. That's just the way it is, and I don't think that'll ever change because <laughs> younger people they start focused on other things. So, FYI, that's uh, hopefully that'll help some of you figure out during this open enrollment time how to make the best decision with your Medicare. I'm Justin Klein, and I realize that a good many of you are regular Invest Talk listeners, and we appreciate it. But you may also want more hands on guidance, expert guidance, maybe a knowledgeable mentor. And Steve and I are proud to announce the pre early bird registration launch for Invest Talk Academy. This is going to be a fantastic experience for those who sign up, those who are members. We plan on hosting the Invest Talk Academy online classes each week, and we're going to do a full analysis of the market. It's going to be it's really going to be about an hour long every week, hosted by Steve or I. 
we're gonna first part's gonna be analysis of the market, where we see support and resistance, where trends are, going over different sectors, etc., and then a Q&A in relation to that. Then we're gonna go into a specific topic. Maybe it's going to be about a balance sheet. Maybe it's about uh, how to measure profitability in a company. Maybe it's how to understand uh, the the economic moats that a company might have to keep them sustainable. Maybe it's going to be about real estate or the mindset it is it takes to be successful. There's a lot of factors that go into being successful. We're going to go into all of these each week. We're going to pick one and try try to take a deeper dive, right? Because we only have so much time on Invest Talk every day to really get into a particular topic. There's a lot of pros and cons that we talk about for everything that uh, is out there in the marketplace. And then we're gonna have a Q&A on that or any stock or any topic you wanna touch on. So it's really gonna be a hands-on, back and forth approach on almost anything. But it's gonna be fairly structured to try to keep a good flow. Now, since you can ask questions, it's really going to be about you, about the members that sign up and the members that participate and ask the questions. And each one, even if you don't make it, it's going to be archived, right? Even if you can't watch it during that time we're doing it live, it's going to be archived. You'll be able to watch it at a later time. So Invest Talk Academy begins November 1st. It's only a couple weeks away. I want to say it's a week from Thursday. Yeah, a week from Thursday. So 10, 11 days away from the start of Invest Talk Academy. And to get the lowest price ever, we're starting, the, the, the founding early bird members are going to get the lowest price we'll ever offer. But you have to sign up by October 31st before we actually get started with Invest Talk Academy. Just go to investtalkacademy.com. Okay, the phone lines are open and we are taking your calls now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. That can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all platforms broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, the upcoming Wealth Webinar, and the exciting new Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or sending a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto. He's asking about Spotify. I am. Jerry, you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. So, uh, you know, it's been as high as 195. It was around 145 now, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if there's a little well, in there. Well, first off, I I like the Spotify service. I've been a Spotify user for many, many years now. Uh, I've used Apple Music before, uh, even though I have an iPhone, and I just don't love uh, that experience. At least I didn't back when it uh, originally kind of launched. Maybe it got better, but I'm a Spotify junkie. Uh, it's where I listen to all my music. Uh, I even have podcasts. You can check. check. You can listen to Invest Talk on Spotify now. So I like Spotify. I like the company. However... 
This is an IPO, recent IPO in a market where growth stocks are not in favor and probably aren't going to be in favor for the, the near future. Uh, think about IPOs. I've said this many times. IPOs are almost always terrible investments, especially hyped ones like Spotify, right? Why? Because think of what the owners, the original, the, the, the founding owners, are they going to go IPO at an advantageous price to the buyer, right? The people, the, the public? No, they're going to go, they're only going to sell their shares at a very high price that they feel like this is a great exit price for them, right? And that's right. why most IPOs a year later are lower because they tend to be very overvalued. And Spotify is still near its IPO price, right? So I don't like it at all at this valuation of $26 billion market cap. Their EBITDA remains negative, okay? Uh, and I think this is going to go much, much lower. I, simply because I just don't think it's even close to where it should be valued. I think this is a company that's probably uh, based on revenues of, let's call it $6 billion a year. I think it should be trading at about two times revenue because they're not even earning money, right? Uh, even though they're they're right. the largest streaming provider out there. So I think this easily ha should be below $100 a share, and I think it should be closer to $50 to $70 a share. That would be a reasonable wow. price for Spotify, but I, I, I would not own it. Actually, I think it would be great short here. Wow. Thanks well, for the thank call, you. Jerry. No All problem. Right. Let's go to Brandon in Mill Valley. He wants to talk about Caterpillar. Hi, Jason. Thanks for taking my call. No uh, well, I bought some uh, at 145, and it just seems to be on a steady downtrend. I wondered what your thoughts were moving forward. I think it's going to continue to go lower. I think this is headed below $100 a share. Uh, it, it's a very cyclical name. It's in the construction business. What's not doing well? Well, real estate isn't, okay? And uh, they're, they're, they're just not uh, technically doing very well uh, from a chart perspective. And business-wise, I think a lot of this, the earnings expectations for next year are for earnings to double. It's already priced in. This stock went from 60 to 160 in two years. This is going to come back down to earth. This is going to head down to $100 a share. Uh, it might find some support in the high uh, 80s, 90s, somewhere in there. Back where it was, uh, latter part of 2016, early 2017, I think this is going to $93, $95, something like that. So I would not be buying or owning Caterpillar at this time uh, because I think it's, it's in a downtrend that's just starting and the economy and markets are in a downtrend that's just starting. All right. Well, I, I appreciate your input, and I'll try and uh, implement it somehow <laughs> by right. getting out, probably. Thanks for the All right. There Thank you. Thanks for, the, thanks for the call, Brandon. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We have seven, eight minutes left in the show, so if you're going to call in with a question, you have to do it ASAP. And we only have two remaining trading weeks left in October, so time seems to be moving fast. And we've got a free online webinar coming up on October 30th, just over a week from now. The webinar is free, but you've got to register for it at investtalk.com. 
Now for now, we've still got about 10 minutes left in the program, so let's talk about your finance and investing questions at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, before you spend what could be as much as one-third of your income on a house, make sure you're spending the dollars wisely. 10 questions to ask before you buy or sell. That story tomorrow. But now, Justin's here, ready with answers, and he's taking your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve. I was wondering what you guys thought about Google, uh, ticker symbol G-O-O-G. I've been waiting for a decent pullback to get into this company, and I was wondering what you guys thought about this stock at its current levels. If you were to buy it, what price would you look to buy it at? Thanks for everything, and have a nice day. All right, he's looking at Google, or now it's called Alphabet, uh, and I'm just looking at G-O-O-G-L. I don't think I need to explain who Google is. $773 billion market cap. Revenue is up 26% year over year. Uh, earnings are up 19% year over year. And the stock is down about 14% off its 52-week high, uh, along with uh, you know, the recent pullback in tech stocks in general. And I've said this before. I said this about growth, many growth stocks. This is the start of it. This is not anywhere close to the end. Now, do I like Google long-term? I do. I really do. Uh, but near-term, I think there's a lot of, of, of headwinds. One is just the sector in general. We're in a time where growth stocks are not going to do well for the next coming couple quarters, at least. Uh, two, we're, we're going into a regulatory regime where I think Trump is going to do something about uh, increasing regulation uh, and security of data and how will that affect uh, Google's algorithms and their effectiveness and the ability to sell ads. And number three is, if we do go in recession, less and less people are going to be advertising, spending money on advertising uh, for Google uh, search as well as their AdWords as well as ads on YouTube and they're going to fetch less and less for uh, you know the, the those ads. Now it's a great company, 774 billion dollar market cap, enterprise value of 670 billion, enterprise value to EBITDA, seven, EBITDA 17, which is generally high, uh, but for a company of the strength and size. You know, that's not crazy high, let's just say that. Uh, long term, its return on equity is 10, same with return, return on invested capital, no dividend. Like I said, I love Google. At 800, I think this is where it's probably headed. Probably down to the 800 level. That's where it consolidated for the most of 2015, 2016. And I think we're going to revisit that level. Uh, same with the major indexes as well. And I think because it's so wrapped up in those, uh, you're going to get the volatility on the downside with the NASDAQ and the S&P, etc. So I love Google. Uh, it's my of uh, the FANG. I've got the FANG stocks. It's my favorite FANG stock. Okay. Uh, even though all the fangs are not going to do very well for the for the near term, it's my favorite fang stock long term because everyone Google stuff, everyone's using YouTube. Uh, I think they have a good management, leadership, etc. Uh, the other ones they have all their uh, other issues as well. So uh, I'm gonna like Google. Definitely, everyone should have on their watch list. But at around $800 a share, that's when I'd pick it up. 
Let's talk quickly about the decline in September existing home sales. It was down from the previous month's revised figure to about five point, an annual rate of 5.15 million units. Consensus was for 5.3 million, so it solidly missed consensus. And the latest numbers um, mean that it's down 3.4% month over month and 4.1% year over year. And even Larry, uh, Lawrence Yoon, who is the National Association of Realtors chief economist, he says the lowest, the lowest, this is the lowest existing home sales level since November 2015. And he's citing a decades high rate, uh, mortgage rate that's preventing consumers from making quick decisions on home purchases. And this is what I was talking about. Higher rates are is pressuring affordability. And that is going to start playing out, especially uh, through the, the, the winter selling season, which is usually low and usually weak in general. But it's going to be excessively weak this winter. Uh, and if the Fed keeps raising rates and you still have mortgage rates around that 5% level, you're going to see inventory rise. And it's going to be the worst in high-priced areas because the tax changes are also affecting high-priced areas as well. Orange County, which is where I live, is inventory is up 20% year over year. That will affect prices. I think we're going to have a price decline as long nationally as long as rates stay this high and especially in high price areas. I'm Justin Klein and this completes another Invest Talk program driven again by your questions. A, remind, a reminder, our podcast listeners, that they will be hearing a lot more about YCharts, our new sponsor and the maker of the software that Steve and I use for serious data research, filtering, and charting. We use YCharts every day. Thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.